Hey friends, welcome to the Relationship Paso Paso podcast, a bi-weekly podcast hosted by four smart and sassy Jamaican ladies currently living in the U.S. with almost two decades of friendship. Our aim is for you to see a piece of yourself in us and maybe learn a thing or two as we discuss our everyday lives. Thanks for spending time with us. Now let's jump into our dose of Pasa Pasa. What time is it? Pasa Pasa! Pasa Pasa! Time? Hey guys, welcome to episode 12. Wow, 12 episodes. Um, what a week, um, what a month really. We really hope you're being mindful of your mental health and taking time to take care of you and uh, just uh, catching up on, tr- well, trying to catch up on all the things that are going on, but still um, taking care of your mental health. Um, it's been six months since we started engaging um, with the topics and with everything that's been going on. Um, and we are very grateful for everything that you guys have done. Every interaction that you've um, had with us in the last six months, we're very grateful for it. We actually can't believe it's been six months since we started. I remember when we, <laughs> I remember when we first uh, introduced the conversation of actually doing this. Um, and from going, getting from that point to this point has been interesting but also quite rewarding and we just wanted to thank everybody regardless of where you were where you are in the process if you've been with us since inception since if we came to you and asked you questions about you know what we wanted to do we appreciate you if this is your first episode with us we also appreciate you because we know that you could have spent your time doing other things um so we appreciate that and if you fall anywhere in the middle you just found out about us recently or you know you're catching up um we are grateful for whatever interaction that you've had with us in the past six months um we've decided that this is going to be our last episode for the season Uh, but don't worry we are going to be interacting with everyone via our social media networks so if you have not Um, followed us on Instagram or subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Facebook, please pause the video or the podcast right now and go do that because you're going to forget and then you're going to miss out on all the greatness we have for um, for you guys over the summer. Um, so yeah, so the last six months have been great and we want to continue to give you content that is engaging and uh, things that will help you get to know us. Um, and keep you sane and positive and all that greatness. Okay, so with race and race relations, the topic that we are dealing with now, um, we thought that it would be interesting to talk to you about how that has affected our health um, and where we've come from, especially as we've moved from another country to here and our perspectives on that. Um, the The conversation that we've had as a group have stemmed around oh our beliefs on how health has affected or our our how health has affected us and um especially now that with covid happening we uh-huh. want to identify things that will make us better um the biggest conversation that we've been having right now is Uh, the various aspects of of how racism has affected us and especially how it affected our health because we haven't, as much as the protests and um, how we are trying to fight for equal rights have taken over mainstream, we also can't forget that COVID's an issue and it's the surging in cases have become an issue. But we just wanted to share our experiences as immigrants, how we've already viewed our health and how we can continue to, um, how the changes in race and race relations and health and health, the healthcare system in America can can, have changed our outlook on the health aspect of the environment. So. Um, I guess I wanted to share with you a backstory of my experience with health and healthcare system oh, in America. Oh. 
I mean, it's a pretty lengthy story. But anyway, before I started that, I just need to, for our podcast listeners, I do need to still do a roll call. I keep forgetting that. But anyway, let's do roll call. Kara, I'll start with you. I'm here. Shar. I'm here. Sophie. Here. Okay. What time is it? Pass up, pass up. Time. Pass up, pass up. Time. Every girl, every girl, every girl, every girl. I go me a pass up, pass up. Stop, girl, why not? So, I guess let's get into the conversation about health. Um, Backstory, when I was living in Jamaica um, and I got pregnant with my first child, I got really bad morning sickness. Well, what I thought was morning sickness. Um, And when I was was living in America prior to that, I... um, had hives, I had really bad hives and Mm. couldn't figure out what the issue was with the hives. Went to many doctors, but I also didn't have health insurance at the time. So trying to go to many doctors and try to figure that out was really difficult. But um, I went to one doctor who said I had, uh, my God, what is it called? I forget. Anyway, it's where I am allergic to cold temperatures. so started treating that, went back to Jamaica, had no issues with hives. Then I got pregnant and got really bad morning sickness. And so bad, I was sitting on the toilet with a bucket. So coming up in both directions. Um, I know. <laughs> Not fun at all. Um, went to the doctor early on, um, and the doctor did a couple tests. I guess they're regular tests. I don't know. Anyway, my, my levels were really out of whack when it came to my thyroid. So he was like, you know, we need to do more tests with regards to that. You know, your TSH levels are ridiculous. Your T4 levels are ridiculous. We need to take a look at that. Come to find out, ended up having uh, Graves' disease, which is a thyroid condition. Um, ended up going to see an endocrinologist, work with an endocrinologist. So it, it, she was an endocrino- endocrinologist that was Jamaican-based, but she also went to the U.S. once a month, I want to say. Um, so she worked both in the U.S. and in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So I could only see her at specific times, etc. But she was really good at explaining to me, really good um, I'd saying this is what you probably need to do. Let's just see if it's just during pregnancy. Let's treat it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I was seeing my um, OBG and also seeing the endocrinologist while I was pregnant. Went through the pregnancy. It was terrible. I don't know who told me to get pregnant again. It was terrible. <laughs> Crazy. Lost my whole mind. Um, sick all the time. The medication did help. Um, and she tapered me off of it once I had, um, once I gave birth, she tapered me off of it and I was semi-fine. Um, came to the States, hives started back. So I figured it had nothing to do with the graves, but then saw an endocrinologist and she's like in the States and she was like, yeah, you know, it's all connected, etc., etc. Went to an, another endocrinologist because I had moved and then the endocrinologist kept adjusting my medication. And one point I, I started being able to regulate myself knowing when it was too high, when it was too low, cause you kind of started reading your body. Um, and then, um, so after I kept seeing her at one point, she said to me, you know, at this point, you're just going to burn out your thyroid which is a good thing. And I'm looking at her like, how can that be a good thing? That cannot be a good thing because then, anyway, it can't be a good thing. (laughs) So I stopped going to the endocrinologist, spoke to one of my coworkers who had the same condition. She actually had cancer and she's like, you need to, they're not going to tell you this, but you need to start dealing with um, your, like your illnesses with, 
how you are, what you're putting into your body and you need to look at natural remedies. Now, at no point did any of my endocrinologists say this to me. At no point did anybody say this to me. Of course, at that point now I'm like, okay, so she's like, you need to come off of this. You need to stop eating this. You need to do this. I'm going to put a thing together for you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking at the list like, no, I'm good. <laughs> this is not happening. But anyway, let's start one thing at a time. So I started coming off of the gluten, <clears throat> went off gluten. So ended up being gluten-free, actually being gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, realized that gluten-free, dairy-free wasn't enough. Started doing my research, came off of soy completely because soy to me is worse than gluten and dairy. Came off of soy, came off of gluten, came off of dairy, was eating meat, everything else. And then realized that fish was also affecting that. So now I'm no gluten, no dairy, no soy, no fish. Um, and I am on no medication. <laughs> so to me, that is a step in the right direction, but nobody was telling me these things. Mm -hmm. So unless you go and you find the information yourself or you surround yourself with people who are in the same boat as you who are trying other things, it isn't, it isn't something that is comes naturally. It's not like people are versed in different areas. In addition to that, it's not like I went to my, um, my insurance company and said, Hey, I want to do this. And they're like, okay, as you're looking at that, also know that you have options for this. They don't care. The doctor don't care. The doctor just wanted me to burn off my thyroid so that I could be on medication forever. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to become healthy, not be dependent on medication. Um, but that's what they care about. Anyway, I said all that to say that the healthcare system in America, although it was better than the healthcare system in Jamaica, because in Jamaica, I mean, not to say that you can't get great healthcare in Jamaica, but it depends on who you are, all kinds of things. There are lots of variables. So even though it's better than the healthcare system in Jamaica, it really isn't set up to help me. It isn't set up to say, okay, here are multiple options. It's you have a doctor, you kind of do your research, a doctor seems to have great reviews, blah, 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 blah. You assume that they're going to have your best interest in mind when really they may not have your best interest in mind. They care about the pushbacks they're getting for medication. They care about tons of things outside of just you. And yes, they care about you, but all the time they don't. So I just have to keep remembering that. And especially when it comes to the situation as it is right now, as we find out information about COVID, and as we find information about other things that keep popping up and how it affects um, us as African-Americans, quote unquote, us as black people, um, we just have to keep in mind what is important to us um, and how our health is affected by all of it and how the healthcare system is set up for us. Anyway, I'm going on and on and on. Anybody else have any, Has do you have any um, stories or any insight into how you are dealing with your health um, and how the healthcare system be, being set up the way that it is has affected you? I know that my um, my doctor, my doctor now in America, I really, really, really like you. And even though he's literally all over the place and if I want to see him, I have to wait. I really like waiting for him um, because He's a real natural remedy type doctor. My doctor will have you working out, drinking water, drinking herbs before he prescribe medication for you. And I absolutely love that about him. Like whenever we go, like for example, I used to um, struggle with really bad migraines. And um, at first he was like, okay, let's just get the regular test out of the way. And we tried that and the migraines were still, then he was like, okay, now you got to change your diet. It's a diet. Just gotta change. He, he would not give me medication. He was like, you got to change your diet. And it's for that reason why now I'm a vegetarian, because I realized that salt and meat and sugar were all triggers for my migraine. So salt, meat, sugar, I had to completely cut out of my diet. And now I was getting migraine at least once every single day. Now, the only time I get a migraine is if I'm lacking sleep or if I eat cheese. Now, listen, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> cheese.
cheese should have been one of those things that should have been cut out of my diet, but pray for me, I'm really working on the cheese. Um, Especially Jamaican I cheese. Any cheese, to be honest, um, triggered my migraine. But I, I just, man, listen, man, we all have that one thing that we're struggling with, right? Well, that's my struggle, I have to admit. But I love that about it, because you're right, the system is set up to give you medication. They have to keep the Medicaid, the, the pharmacy market going. It's a, it's a big part of the, the American um, um, system. So if you're not taking medication, it, it affects so many different levels, right? So they, they, they need you, in a way, to be unhealthy so that you can continue popping those pills. They're not going to recommend um, natural remedies or, you know, check your diet because most times, most of the things that we struggle with, if not all, it's all about what you put it in. It's, it's what you're putting in that your body is reacting to. Yeah. So I agree. The system is not built for you to be better. It's not, they don't want to cure you. They just want to control it, right? Yep. So burn out your thyroids so I can keep your medication for the rest of your life. Keep money coming into the system. Nobody wants to cure you. <laughs> yep, Unfortunately, I agree. I'll let Shar round out this question, but um, I would say I don't have any um, I don't have any personal experience. So you know, Misha's story I think was a good example of going through the rungs um, and trying to figure out what works best for you. And so, if I think you are one of the rarities when it comes to a doctor who is naturally based, because I don't think that's the norm. I mean, I love my doctor, but she's super cool. Um, but I've also never had any like, it, like issues. I see her once a year for 15 minutes and it's like, oh, you're great. Have a good day. So wow. she's never really had to help me <laughs> problem solve, right? Anything. Um, but it is as so said, it's like, we all know this. We all know the healthcare system is not designed to prevent. It's designed to, um, manage and mm -hmm. you know, sickness, um, but the other thing is something Mish said before, it's like nobody told you these things, but I think as you become more aware, you understand that, you know, it's, it's like garbage in, garbage out, right? Like whatever you're putting into your body, whether that's physically, mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, mm -hmm. get out. So I think I've gotten a little bit more hip to that. Mm -hmm. I will also say, I remember in my early 20s, in school, we had to read this book called um, Mama Might Be Better Off Dead. And I remember that book so vividly because it was about the healthcare system in America and the struggle when you don't have good insurance and you are very mm -hmm. ill. And the fact that medical care is the number one reason why people go into debt in America because mm -hmm. you don't have coverage and you need this care. So I remember thinking about that very early on in my 20s. Um, and then, of course, I, I read uh, Rebecca Sloot's book about Henrietta Lacks, and that just changed my whole perspective about Black women in America and distrust for healthcare systems and doctors in general. So that's been my experience with healthcare. I think I've always kind of, you know, not trusted healthcare, but I've also been lucky enough to not really need to tap into that care. So... Go ahead, Char. Um, well, so I kind of, I'm similar to Carrie and I, I, you know, I'm generally, I don't have any medical needs that require me to interact regularly with um, a physician. But one thing I remember when I was growing up in Jamaica is that, and I, I think it still holds today, is Jamaica has superb primary care. Um, really? Yeah, so if you go into your doctor's office or if you go into the dentist's office, I've always had, like my pediatrician, I tried to go to, <laughs> I was in college here and trying to go back to Jamaica. I did too, but I had her forever um, and ever and ever and ever and I ever. Forever and ever. And I mean, and it was a, a doctor that we trusted, is a doctor that, you know, was in the family, like is a practice that had been there for a long time. Okay. So I always remember Jamaica having really good primary care. Now, <clears throat> I have a lot of opinions about, um, Specialist care, health, but I, yeah, I have a lot of opinions about the kind of health care that you can get, like if it's like emergent care or if you want to go into the hospital to get care. Um, I've had a lot of bad experiences um, for family members, not me. Like Carrie, I show up at my doctor 
<laughs> once a year. Thumbs up. Um, I tend to look at my weight like, Lord Jesus, but to, but you know, <laughs> I'm not like plagued with any, like, you know, I don't have hypertension. I have very normal to low blood pressure. I don't know. So I, I don't really interact with the medical care, um, delivery system a lot, but I do study public health, so I can't avoid it. And I mean, Carrie was touching on quite a few of those things. And I mean, I could, so many aspects of, um, medicine um that's just rigged against um people of color or um folks that are disadvantaged um mm -hmm. carrie was hinting in college it was a big thing that so many people were uninsured or underinsured just didn't have enough coverage for the regular health that regular health care that people would ne necessarily need um and then there was like this big thing get people get people on medicare get people on medicaid get people coverage it had all these little these new plans and now to be honest if you look at the research everybody <laughs> has some kind of health insurance and it's so funny though either people still don't have a regular doctor because they don't find a doctor they can communicate with and trust right mm -hmm. um the doctor's not not speaking their language um not so much their literal language, but more their cultural language, or they don't feel like they have a trust where they can tell the doctor their experience and get something back from somebody who they think is understanding them. Mm. So many people have health insurance and have no health homes. They still go to the emergency room for regular care. Now we're popping up with urgent care centers, and I feel like they are very like disparate with with like with respect to quality. You can have an excellent urgent care, and then you can have some that. So terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and then so yeah, distrust of the medical system. People have health insurance, but they're not accessing because they they don't know how to interact with the healthcare systems. We have poor relationship with food because of where we grew up and the, the kind of food that's available mm -hmm. to us. I mean, I would say medical education. When I used to work at a uh, medical school, that's also a problem. Trying to teach. Mm -hmm. um, physicians, um, dentists, nurses, clinicians, how to interact um, with different patient populations. Distrust of research. So we don't have anybody in research. We, we have to like, it's hard to get people to participate in research and it's hard to get findings that relate to your <laughs> group. And so then everything that's being fed out, whether it's pharmaceutical or it's evidence-based care or whatever it is, it's not based on you and your experience, because so I mean, yeah, could go on and on and on. I hear that. Um, you Sorry, you were saying. No, I was just gonna round out by I would say my family <laughs> um, approach to healthcare has always kind of been we're gonna go to the doctor where we need someone to cut us. <laughs> so my grandmother is a poultice maker, a tea brewer. <laughs> A herbalist. My mom is like, what you eating? You know, if you don't feel good, what you eating? Yeah. Um, or what hurt, you, you didn't you eat. You drink water. You yeah. sleep today. You yeah. dehydrate. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I feel like my my family's approach is we go to the doctor, we're good. And that if something wrong in between, you try to figure out what. It's kind of like, do you guys know that? I don't know if it's a documentary or whatever. And I don't know. I don't remember what they were promoting. But there's a thing called Forks Over Knives or whatever. Where they're like, change how you eat before you cut into your body. So think, oh. I think it's what everybody is saying right now. Think about what you put in your body and think about that as the first line of defense before you have to even think of intervening with chemicals or like surgery or procedures or whatever. So do you think our culture um, is a double edged sword with regard to that, though? You did mention the fact that your grandmother is a herbalist, as all all of our parents slash grandparents at this point are, um, your head mm -hmm. hurts, you feel nauseous, go drink some ginger tea, you you do this, drink, they know exactly what to go drink, you know, it's rub some alcohol on your chest there. Listen, you don't have the rum. <laughs> you don't have the rum. And it's great because, <laughs> yes, you don't have to go take two Tylenol all the time, but it's also... I feel like at some point, you know, people might start overlooking things because things that they probably could have caught earlier. They're like, yeah, I've been rubbing some whatever on it. Some sinker Bible on it for the last two weeks. At that point, mm -hmm. ma'am. <laughs> Listen, mm -hmm. at the 
think a Bible could not be working, but they know person A that went to the doctor and this happened to them, so I ain't going. <laughs> so it could have been one bad situation they heard about, but they're like, I'll just stay here, run, rub the single Bible, rub the castor oil, and ban it up and see what happened. Yep. <laughs> I know. I know so many kids of people who have lost family members because of that same at-home remedy. Like, I, I know somebody who had an, an uh, uh, issue um, with with her leg, and, and and it was just like, no, man, the leg is fine, man. Just rub it up with some bush and tie it up. And that thing got rubbed up and tie up for so long to the point where the leg was so black, they all, she almost lost the leg, you know? And... Honestly, that like needed medical care, but no man, like, all right, just tie it up and rub it up. And for years, that's what was happening. So, you know, <laughs> nothing against home remedies, you know, I'm all for it, you know. Uh, but at the same time, we also need to be mindful when the doctor needs to be seen, you know. The doctor needs to be called, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, for things that are like in between for, so for example, things that are new to us, meditation, aromatherapy, um, things that are, um, more popular now than it was before things that we probably aren't used to. Like if you are going through a depression, your grandmother probably going to say, go open the Bible and read X, Y, and Z, whereas you probably need to, uh, one, see a therapist, maybe go do some meditation, but here, not knowing about those things, do you think that um, those things should be, like we should know about it, should it be universally covered by health insurance? Um, how do you think our approach is, especially as immigrants, to doing those things? Because, you know, you go see a therapist, we always talk about this, even in the Black community, it's like, I'm sorry, you need to just go pray about it. <laughs> And forget all of that. <laughs> eat, eat some good food. Go eat some fried chicken. Pray about it. You, you be I. <laughs> How, oh, what, are your thoughts? what are your thoughts on on like new forms of therapy and our access to that and our um, how we view it? I would say I probably never said the word depression to my grandmother before. Um, so um, I know for her, prayer is definitely primary. So I wouldn't say she ever said, oh, you're depressed um, to go pray. Um, I think if it was something Im like immer like something that seemed urgent, whether it was depression, anxiety, or even like real sickness, definitely go to the doctor. But um, I know that whenever she saw me conflicted, right, or having doubts about stuff, it was certainly sit down, pray about it, seek wise counsel um, kind of thing. And um, as I got older, I see the place where you said meditation. I don't know much about aromatherapy, so I won't say anything about that, but, but like meditation, I see it for many people standing in that same place of a time to be quiet and still and to reflect and to like, you know, mull over. I don't know that I see it as um, any kind of treatment for clinical depression. <laughs> Of course um, anything, not. <laughs> any mood or anxiety disorder. But I, um, so I don't know um, how it would be covered. It would be nice if we would cover wellness things. Um, but I don't know because remember, our, me our healthcare system is based on when, diagnosis codes. And when you say we, when you say it would be nice, the US, the US healthcare. Oh, so the US medical and healthcare delivery system is based on like treatment and diagnostic codes. So unless they could diagnose you with something, unless meditation and aromatherapy can be linked as a part of like a care package, maybe, and maybe it should be right. right. Um, and that's, <laughs> I can't wait I to hear like, what Carrie has to say. Exactly. I was about to say, hold on a minute, Carrie. I feel like she know aromatherapy things. I don't know. That's <laughs> I, don't, I don't know aromatherapy. I don't know. <laughs> no. I think it's to your point, right? If we're trying to 
build a better system. And I think this current pandemic is like the space where everything is in flux, right? It should be around prevention. Like in, in child welfare, for example, it's the same way. It's just, the system is designed to be reactive. So you end up having a lot of kids in foster care because we're reacting to abuse and neglect versus being preventative and keeping kids in their home and funding prevention programs. It's this, uh -huh. I look at medical care the same way. Instead of keeping people out of the hospital, funding prevention measures, whether that's aromatherapy, meditation, yoga, whatever it is that's going to impact your wellness overall, then in my mind, a system should be funded to prevent, right? right. But that would require a whole upheaval of corporate, big pharma, being on board with that. And that's a whole different conversation. But the system's not designed that way, but it should be designed that way. Yep, I agree. So if anything. Now, I was just going to say, along with the, the um, medical system, culture also play a role. Because as I think Shar hinted on this, where, um, no, Misha did, that there's, for example, the whole depression. They say to you, go read the Bible or go pray. I remember when I had my um, my daughter, for those who know me and know what happened with my daughter, that thing led me into serious depression. And I was scared to even said to my parents that I was depressed and not that I thought that they wouldn't understand, but that, because I already knew what the result would have, what, what they would have said to me, which was pray about it. God understand, he knows what you're going through. I literally went to see a therapist in secret. Like I remember when I went to her the first time and I sat down and she was like, have you spoken to anyone? I was like, no, she was like, where are you still? I was like, I'm by my parents. And she was like, you didn't talk to your mom. I said, no. She said, your dad, I said, no. She said, your sister, I said, nobody. You're the first person I'm letting know how I truly feel. And she was like, why? I said, because my mom is going to tell me to pray about it. <laughs> and she's like, culture, you know, the, the, it's, I mean, yeah. it's nothing wrong. I'm not saying anything is wrong with praying about it. But I knew at the time that I needed to do a little bit more. Not mm -hmm. that I, I didn't trust that God would have, you know, helped yep. me through. But I knew I needed help, you know. And it got to the point where... I was so depressed that they wanted to put me on medication. But again, if you know me, I don't do medication. Right. So they did prescribe medication. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go on medication. I'm going to get better and I'm going to do what I need to do. And and I did. But culture also play a major role because um, there are things that is offered. But because of your culture, you won't take advantage of it because people look down at you or look at you strange. You know, so. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, yeah. I'm glad you were able to push back on that. Yep. You know, because culture can be very, it's a strong incentive to do and not do certain things. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of that has to do with us being able as an individual to decipher what's helpful and seeking out what you know is going to work for you. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, our parents, our peers, like people can only give you what they have. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you take it for what it is, but you also understand like, okay, I have to do what's going to work best for me and seek out, you know, what's best practice, what's going to work and make me feel better. It's not that my, my parents um, didn't want what's best. They just don't understand oh, no. that. Yep. Whole concept of <laughs> Sometimes yeah, they're, they're going to give you what they have. Right. Yeah. So what they is go pray about it and read your Bible. <laughs> and yeah. it's fine. I'm not taking away from that. It's fine. Because prayer did help and reading my Bible did help. But also sitting you down with that lady that. Right. did help a lot. And, 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 and she was very helpful to get me out of that space that I was in my life. But, um, you know, culture, culture is a big part too. Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to you, Sophie, you know what else I'm thinking too? As a culture, we tend not to talk about certain things. And sometimes calling a thing by a name is so powerful and so helpful, right? And so when you don't have anyone to look to or identify with, that there's no space for whether it's dealing with mental health issues or even, honestly, like even in Jamaica, I remember we used to talk about stoppage of water, okay? <laughs> um, 
you know, like there's no name for it and there's no, you don't identify with what's going on. And then, so there's almost like there's no road. So it's good that you were able to make, yep. call it by its name and get something done because now you have something because many people deal with issues and there's just no reference and no, I'm not saying you need to find a reference, but it's helpful to find a space, right? So you now are invaluable to a friend, a family member, or even your own child when they get older, right? Because you have a different reference and frame of mind, right? So now we know, okay, there's Sophie. So it's like just even having that, information uh, right yep. mm-hmm. the information is very necessary i i believe Th- this is kind of what i was talking about before with regard to knowing what you have access to so for example you were saying that you wish that um, wellness was an option with my insurance wellness is an option like we get free counseling mm-hmm. sessions and you have all these wellness apps and wellness resources and you know they push it at a job etc cetera, etc cetera. But everyone doesn't know about they, they don't know about this. They don't know about these things and no one's mm-hmm. telling them about these things. Um, mm-hmm. And it also depends on the level of health insurance they have, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I also, rem- as Soph was talking, I was reminded about um, even if you are aware of certain things, sometimes, as you guys have mentioned also, you get scared. Like I was listening to a podcast about um, COVID and how one guy in the family and their close-knit family got COVID. And he knew he had it. He was trying to get tested. It was really hard to get tested. And then he got really concerned because his brother got sick. And then they're like, okay, well, if his brother got sick, his brother doesn't have insurance. How is this going to work? Are they going to try to find them? Are they going to get deported? Because now one of them is insured and has green card status. The other one is living there. uh, um, What do you call that? On um, undocumented. Yes, they're undocumented. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, what's the issue? So they're going through all of this and they're spreading it all because of fear of lots of things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess until a few weeks ago, we didn't really have data on the racial racial data when it came to COVID. Um, And now that we have, um, it seems coincidental that once, once we realize that um, people of color were disproportionately affected by COVID. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, so yes. <laughs> let's uh, open back. We're good. It's not really affecting us anymore. Yes, we were just talking about that before. It was a pandemic, shut down the country, shut everything down. Everybody's going to stay inside and don't move. Yep. Oh wait, who are we affecting? All right, everybody's that that bad. The numbers like they just exaggerated the numbers go back to doing what you were doing really now yep i mean i I realize that (laughs) no seriously though and i mean i won't say i won't say that people are doing this out of spite but it's really not set up for us it's real once people feel like oh it's not really affecting me because before everybody was scared because it was affecting everybody I mean, it was affecting some mm-hmm. kids, maybe not really, but then it was affecting everybody. And then when you realize that that people of color were get dying from the disease at twice the rate, then it became, okay, so it's not really affecting us as bad. Only whatever proportion of us are dying. I think we could manage this. Then it became a whole different conversation. And I mean, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, we kind of have to look out for ourselves. We kind of have to make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success and making sure that the information that is given to us is one that we really need to receive. Uh, Shari, you were going to say something. I know. I was just going to say the media is like mm, media. You know, mm. yes, we're <laughs> dying at twi- so at twice the rate that we're probably infected. But we're not dying the most, you know, like if our rates 25%, the other 75% is them. But it's so funny how they spin the story. And you're very right. Based on the story they tell, everybody's like, oh, I don't care no more because it's not me dying. Do you know what I'm saying? But yes, you are, um, sir and ma'am. <laughs> you are dying. And you're dying at a higher rate than we are. It's just that our rate is disproportionate to our rate of right. illness. Right. So 
they need to tell the story the right, right. way because the way the facts are we like yes you're still dying <laughs> you're still dying yeah. you're still dying at a higher rate um it's just not proportionate to your um representation in the population which right. is the case for every almost every single thing right even if we don't get infected as uh, as at a higher rate we certainly are dealing with the the, the follow at a higher rate um so it's the same story it's sad yeah it's the same you know, story you know i'm not gonna lie to you. I, this may be another off topic but i i saw this young lady that i have not seen in a long time we're, we're from the same little spot in jamaica and i saw over the past weekend and she was out just hanging about and i you know she recognized me i didn't recognize her but long story short i said to her you know how are you coping with covid and she was like with what so i'm looking at her like no if you don't know anything else you've heard the word covid right so she was like girl i don't believe that thing is really happening uh, and, I, and i looked at her and i said you're one of them you can't be serious <laughs> you're one of them <laughs> i was she was like i don't believe and no COVID, it's not COVID, it's something else. And they're trying to get, I said, you know what, stop. I said, listen, I don't know what you know. All I know is a lot of people I know that was perfectly fine are now dead. Now, I don't know how, what, I wasn't there, but I know they're dead. So what are you calling it, COVID or something else? There's definitely something. She's like, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but I'm not gonna lie to you, I actually walk away because I'm looking at this person, I'm saying to myself, why am I talking to you again? Oh, I can't God. believe I never tell you all this story. I want to say the name, cast the name, but it's somebody we all know and I will tell you the name after. But situation, <laughs> Sophie, I swore blind that this person would be like, lock up in the house, paranoid. No, they're like, no, 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 so I'm like, um, I know people who had COVID. I know people who died from COVID. I have students who had COVID. I have students who, I'm like, no, no, no. Something goes on. They're like, no, man, it's a flu. And I'm like, I mean, okay, but I'm just telling you that flu has been around for years. And right. I'm telling you, I know people who are standing strong after flu and COVID. And now we have funeral. I'm just like, it's. What can but I just say? I think some of that thing it's like a conspiracy but i think some of that distrust is just general distrust like sometimes you don't know what to believe from the government and if you're being and i use the word term i use the term government right as a yeah. overarching the people Media, everything. Safety and health. <laughs> you know it's it's hard <laughs> to be a a diligent consumer of information when we know we don't get the full story we don't Mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. people were saying something is going on while we're here looking at COVID and oh. all of a sudden Black Lives Matter. What's really going on? Like, <laughs> I was just saying this last night. I was like, I wonder what yep. laws they passing right now. We were saying like, why did this, this um, try to keep us away from focusing on? There must be some underlying issues. Something okay. else. I'm, look, something I, else. They so started you have people that have personally died and you've been personally impacted. I, I'm not saying that I a hundred percent agree, but I can understand right. the skepticism right. about what this really is. Right. You know, yeah. I, yep. just, I agree. I know for sure. I don't know what do you want to call it COVID or whatever. There is definitely something out there. Okay. That much I know. For sure, strong, mm -hmm. strong lady going about her business. Got work, come back home sick, and just dead in the three days. No, eh, eh. something is out there. Yeah, yep. so you call it whatever you want to call it. Outside of uh, um, outside of staying inside the house and I guess doing your natural covering, what cultural practices have you guys taken into trying to prepare yourself for COVID? And I know. Girl, yes, y'all. The first like month of this like isolation. The onion. Did we talk about the onion? We yes. talked about the Girl, onion. What's up was lit. There were recipes left, right, and center, and things you must do. And you have to drink turmeric tea yes. and ginger. What are you kidding me? Yeah, I even have a little concussion that my friend's mom made for me. And anytime my throat tickle, I'm like. <laughs> 
need some of this. <laughs> and it taste good. It has moringa and garlic <laughs> and anything. It has everything mm. in it. Mm -mm. I just put it there. And anytime I don't feel good, I'm like, my auntie make me. So I'm gonna have some of this. It's gonna make me feel better. <laughs> the only thing I did differently increase on my vitamin C. That's it. Mm -hmm. My mother and my sister sent me every recipe known to man. Oh, boil onion and this. I said, listen, no. The only thing I have to admit, the only thing I did was double up on my vitamin C. And mm -hmm. of course, stay in, of course. Yeah. That, this, leave it up yeah. to my mother. My mom is not a herbalist. Like, well, I won't say that. She's not a concoction person, but she's a person who believes in natural food. She's one of those people that's always said, cook good food, give your kids, they'll be healthy and smart. That's that's always been her thing. And so she's cooking, she's doing what she always does. Um, but she's also boiling a lot of, right? Like leaf tea, sawasap leaf, king adifari, everything you can think of. Right. Forest. I've heard of that one. Look now. Wait, which one you haven't heard of? Which one? King of the forest. Yeah, I haven't heard of that either. Wow. New <laughs> to me. First of all, the fact that Carrie can drink Cersei tea and like drink it without nothing in it. No. The, oh, yeah. that I can have the tea bag. The tea bag isn't nope. so bad, but the real it's bush bad. one I can't really have. Mm -hmm. My grandma used to have me drink a ton of Cersei. She's like, yeah, why are you getting pretty? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that is true. Listen, well, it works. Maybe oh, that's why my skin is not pretty. Child, you need to drink some Cersei. I refuse to drink it. That's all she has to say. Can I drink it now? Can I start now? Listen to your grandmother. It's never too late, child. Okay. Get to it. Nobody have time for all those concussions, though. Thank I'm God for my auntie. So I have a little something, something in my fridge. I have none of those things. I haven't done anything differently. All so I live far. by is gummy vitamins. <laughs> not peanuts that I have not been taking. Gummy vitamins work. Girl, they have gummy vitamin C, gummy vitamin B12, D3. So I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. I used to take those gummies, but they tasted like candy. I'm like, it's not doing nothing for my body, but <laughs> <laughs> they tasted good, but I just knew. I'm like, this Listen, ain't good. I've been taking my gummy vitamins for the last three months. No COVID. So I'm just letting y'all know. It's not the gummy vitamins that's been helping you. <laughs> I don't know if I put all that on the gummy vitamins. <laughs> no. It's not the gummy. Uh -uh. Yeah. told me that the gummy vitamins aren't the best. He actually said that to me. Because I used to take gummy and he was like, honestly, it's a waste of time. It's sugar. <laughs> he was like, you do get something. It's better than nothing, yeah. but it's not the best. But it's, you get the something plus sugar. Is the gummy vitamins <laughs> for kids or is it for adults? Adults. for adults. <laughs> I don't take no supplement. I just, I am, I'm so skeptical when it comes to everything because I realize that there are certain things that affect other things. Like if I take too much B12, then it affects my hormones and then obviously that affect my thyroid and blah, 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 blah. So I just don't, I stay away from mm. everything. Ever, I was taking that one thing that, what were you, what did you, you suggest to me that one time? Those little, oh, the, um, the beadlet, the essential oil thing. With Child, the I can pull it up right now from off of my dresser. It's still there. You know. <laughs> I forgot to take that too. I should start take that too. You see? <laughs> I'm just, uh, listen, I'm generally a healthy person. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I it, don't know. That's how I feel too. Whatever works for your body. I will say though, so I I also want to, before I forget, shout out Wendy, a uh, good friend of mine, went to Rutgers. Um, this is, she's a listener, shout her out all day. Thank you for listening. She, um, thought it would be a great idea to do something if we talked about health, but she put me on to bio. It's like, it has to do with your stomach by, um, culture. Like you take something that's supposed to regulate your, um, your okay. yes. Yeah. Is it like yogurt? No, it's not yogurt. It's a, it's like a, it's like a vitamin, but it's specifically for the microbes in your stomach. Okay. 
That's supposed yeah. to help your like help your system. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she said it's really good. It really works for her. I am very regular. <laughs> One thing that I have um that I have discovered, and I have to, I can now swear by it because it's been really good. It's no none of those vitamin things. It's fever grass tea. Let me mm -hmm. tell you, if you're stressed and you need your heart rate to calm down, drink a cup of fever grass tea. Oh, it yeah. is really good for stress. Mm -hmm. Anytime you feel like your heart rate is too fast and you need to calm down, and I don't mean the tea bag, I mean the real fever. Child, where are we going to get this? We have to go to Jamaica, go cut down enough bush and oh, bring it back with we. Yeah, what are y'all talking about? Lemongrass, lemongrass. Listen. Yes. Americans, lemongrass. <laughs> Whatever. Um. I have I, I always bring home, so I have so much at my house, but it, it mm -hmm. is really, that thing calms you down and put you straight to sleep. Okay. Someone explained it to me, and I was like, really? And I drank it. I was like, wait, say what now? Okay, yeah, well, we yeah. put together a list of all this. always have the tea bag, but. Yeah, so the, in my world. The tea bag doesn't work as the actual um, bush itself. Because I that have both sense. my house. Cause the bush is fresh, yeah. freshish. The the tea bag is obviously processed to make sure it's in a, right. in a bag. But still, right. that's like when my mother say, "Drink the ginger tea, man. You'll feel it better." But don't use a tea bag in order to go boil some ginger, ma'am. I ain't got time for that. I'm not feeling well. I just want to put the thing in it. What you saying, Misha? Ginger tea is easy to make. What? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the easiest one actually. Yeah, I was about to say that at the same time as a tea bag. No, <laughs> the tea bag you boil some water. The, don't you have to peel the ginger? No, no. Peel the ginger really Crush. good. And squash it. Here there, here there. That's a too much step already. Oh God. <laughs> too much step already. You know Turn on the stove. Pour the water <laughs> in onto the tea bag. Drink. Step, three steps. When it starts hot, ball, rinse off ginger, mush up, muddle the ginger, lick it. No, eh, mm, 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 mm. I'm done. Lazy. No, man. Yes. I don't want to feel better. It's clear. Is, no, I want clear. to feel better while not doing anything. Ah. One of y'all want to come do this for me? I want to be lazy and feel better at all at the same time. That's like okay. wanting somebody to work out for you and you lose the weight. Like, listen, <laughs> if that is a thing, I would be at the front of the line, okay? Front of the line. I am not playing games. I don't listen. I am focused. I cannot. It needs to be a balance. Anyway, ladies, we're running out of time. Let's start getting everybody's um like their takeaways. What are your thoughts regarding the topic? Um, I guess let's start with Soph. Um, what are your takeaways from today? Do not rely on the healthcare system to cure you. Um, read for yourself. Find natural remedies. Um, pay attention to your body. Again, for the most part, what you put in is what you get now. If you put in garbage, you're going to get out garbage. So, you know, be be responsible about your own health. That, that's my takeaway. Be responsible for your own health. Cool. Care? Um, I think... Uh, so, I agree with Soph. I think those are those are part of, the, part of my takeaways. But I also would add, you know, if you're... It's hard to put in healthy food if you're if you can't afford it. Like everyone can't necessarily afford it, and food stamps don't always cover fresh food, right? So connecting with your local like community gardens is um, actually one way that may be great to get access to fruits and veggies, um, local food pantries, and in terms of people without healthier coverage, because a lot of people don't have healthier coverage. Seeking free or reduced cost healthcare coverage at like your local, you know, health center, federally funded health centers. Um, all of that to say, I think we want to acknowledge that it's not always easy to access the things we need that are best for our bodies, but there are some resources out there. So I think I'd encourage people to tap into those as best they can um, to support their health overall. Um, so, yeah. Oh, cool. sure. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna steal from Soul, steal from Karen, then I'm just gonna add um, to actually piggyback off what Soul said is 
feel comfortable looking up information um, about your health and feel comfortable knowing that you don't know everything about your health and try to feel comfortable seeking the information. Um, and don't feel like if you go to a doctor and they're not listening and you're not getting through, you don't have to give up. Uh, you know, you mm -hmm. might have to try a second or a third doctor before you find a place that works best for you. But um, I don't think it's fair. It's unfortunate we have to do this, but it's don't do without because of, um, you know, an experience at a doctor's office or an experience somewhere. You know, you have a right to get good health care. You have a right um, for someone to listen to you and respect what your experiences are. So I always say, like, advocate and try, you know, like, don't give up. Try again. <laughs> Um, and seek out, I think if you start with community health centers, you'll find some, um, you'll find clinicians that have a passion for working in communities. So I think, yes, I'm, I'm advocating in addition to, of course, being mindful of what we put into our bodies and recognizing that we have a role to play in our health. Just know that when you're interacting with the medical system, you know, you have a right to get good health care. And if you're not getting it where you are, you don't have to stand for it. You can go and find someone that. Um, will respect you and your views. Yeah, um, and I do want to round that out to say, <clears throat> don't give up on, well, bring over all your knowledge of what is modern medicine with the cultural knowledge that um, our parents, our grandparents brought. <clears throat> Sorry, there's a reason why we didn't get medication <laughs> as slaves wherever we come from and it worked. Um, and of course, they, the uh, medicine that they've developed since then, that, that also helps. So no, try to figure out what's good for you. There is a balance. Sometimes you have to drink your ginger tea and sometimes you have to model it. And then other times you really need some medication. So knowing, <laughs> knowing when that is and knowing your body and getting to know that, know your body. And getting to know when to draw the line um, is important. Um, we do, just to close everything mm -hmm. out, we do want to thank everybody. Um, I know my family watches religiously. I don't know that they have a choice, but they watch religiously. My father will call me <laughs> on Thursday like, oh, you're not send the link yet. <laughs> oh. um, and I know, I know that you're, you guys... I can speak for you guys when I say that our family and friends have really uh, stepped up and, and showed, shown their um, support for us. And even people that we don't know have reached out to us to say, oh, this is information that I never had before. Mm -hmm. It's a new perspective, et cetera. And that was the point, just to have these conversations outside of just our circle and maybe helping, maybe just putting a new lens on it. And we really appreciate that we went six months of having these conversations and you guys were engaging and <laughs> being willing to listen to us for an hour each week. Well, every other week. And we will be back. We will be doing these and we'll try to make, we'll try to improve. I mean, as the season went on, we improved on our technology. We got video. We got graphics. Yes. Who's to say what's yes. gonna happen next season? So I have I, a studio. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, you never. I might win the lotto and I can fly everybody in. So every other week, every other, I want for it. The PG sending. Listen, every other week. Okay. Anyway, we we have many ideas of how we we want to connect with you guys. And we are grateful and we're looking forward to all of it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, see you on Instagram, Facebook, maybe Twitter. We'll see. Just connect with us. And, yep, we'll have many options to connect. So stay tuned. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye, bye. bye <laughs>Friends, that's all for today's episode of Relationship Pasa Pasa. Thanks so much for joining us today. You could have been anywhere in the virtual world, but you were here with us. We hope you join us again in two weeks for our next dose. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast on wherever you find and listen to podcasts. 
iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. So you never miss an episode. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Relationship Pasa Pasa, all one word, if you are on the social media situations. We can't wait to hear from you. Like, seriously, we can't wait to hear what you think about our episode and also connect with us about topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, walk good.